0: flushcarecom slash weight loss.
1: When you run a business, you feel like you're doing everything all on your own, but that doesn't have to be the case.
2: It was a very steep learning curve. There was no job description. It was all up to me to figure out how I was going to build the business on my own. They didn't really take me seriously. That was actually my first kind of obstacle in the very beginning. You have a you know a support network of other women entrepreneurs.
1: Welcome listener to Beyond the Balance Sheet. I'm Ashley Bloom and I'll be your host. In this podcast we'll be talking to some amazing business owners who talk us through their superpowers and what they do that nobody else does. This week we talked to Alexandra de Curtis, founder and designer of Alexandra de Curtis, providing women with functional and beautiful handbags to accompany them on their unique and busy lives. We had an amazing chat about the highs and lows of owning your own business, the importance of listening to the market and being agile, and how to balance being a female boss while still being a mom. Alexandra, welcome to the Beyond the Balance Sheet podcast. I know our listeners are going to be so inspired by your story, the ups, the downs, and how you've thrived as a woman in business. So to kick things off, I'd love to hear who you are, what do you do, why would you do it?
2: Okay, well, thanks for having me, first of all. In a, in a quick way, I'm a self-motivated entrepreneur. I've had 20 years experience in branding and marketing. I've worked in creative strategy, business vision, communication. I started my first business when I was only nine years old. It was a arts and crafts after-school club, and I kind of caught the entrepreneur bug then. And uh, I love working with startups and uh, creative businesses in general. And
1: how did it all begin? How did you actually come up with the idea for Alexandra to Curtis, the fashion brand? Well, this is kind of my
2: latest venture at the moment. My love for fashion started a long time ago, while I was already working in, in advertising at the time. I started off by setting up my own after-work business, uh, selling shoes and handbags to friends who were having a hard time finding good quality shoes and bags in London at the time. And from there, it kind of evolved in, um, in a handbag business that is now set up with a workshop in Italy, and we make everything in Italy and then ship it worldwide. And the idea was to find a lightweight handbag that was both functional and beautiful at the same time, because all the bags that in the market were very heavy and full of hardware. And I really wanted something that was useful for women and not just beautiful.
1: And you mentioned that you started off, I mean, when we've spoken before, you mentioned you started off by working in the fashion world as a kind of employee. Can you talk to me more about that and kind of your experience working in that world?
2: Yes, I initially was working in advertising for you know blue chip companies and I always loved fashion.
1: My mother was a model when
2: when I was growing up. And so I decided that I would switch and I started working with Vogue in London in the UK. Although I love the fashion world and I love the creativity of it, I had a hard time actually being part of that world. And so I only lasted a few months and I decided that I was going to do it my way. I was going to do it in a different way. And that's kind of how my whole, you know, entrepreneur life journey started within fashion
1: and when you made the shift from employee to business owner what were your biggest challenges what were the things that you kind of struggled through and had to learn or as the journey went on
2: (laughs) I had to learn everything basically obviously when you're an employee the most part of your day is dedicated to a job description that is very clear and laid out for you and you know exactly what is expected of you Once I transitioned into entrepreneurship and basically, you know, having to teach myself all other areas of the business, I really realized that I was going to have to learn about every little part of the business. So it was a very steep learning curve. There was no job description. It was all up to me to figure out how I was going to build the business on my own.
1: I've read your story and that you said one of your biggest challenges was when you were first looking for a factory Why was that such a challenge and how did you overcome it?
2: Um, Yeah, that was a real challenge in the very beginning. Having had obviously no specific production experience, initially it was quite difficult to even ask for what I needed from the workshops and the the factories. And so they didn't really take me seriously. That was actually my first kind of obstacle in the very beginning and how I learned how to pitch myself and how to understand what kind of a factory, what kind of a workshop I wanted and was going to work for me as a a newcomer. Because in the fashion world, unless you have a lot of experience, it is very difficult for them to invest time and effort and money in you.
1: Now, you didn't just start with your business. Can you talk me through kind of where it began, the first business you set up and how that journey transitioned to the business that's now thriving today?
2: Uh, Yeah, I started with the at-home shoes and handbags sales. From from there, it grew into partnering with other female business owners who were selling jewellery and clothes and, and homeware, and we started off by, by you know, supporting each other and having shopping parties is what we called them in London. And that was really, really interesting because you're obviously not working completely alone. You have a, you know, a support network of other women entrepreneurs. And after I did that, I moved to Italy and I continued with my business. And I realized that I didn't have a support system and that the shopping experience was very different. And so when I got here, I met another woman who love the idea of having shopping parties. And so we set up a new business, the two of us together, where we basically scouted for Italian brands. So up and coming brands, and we created an event, you know, out of all of the, you know, 20 to 30 brands together. And we were, you know, we were having a fashion show, we were having food and drinks and, and all, all of us supporting each other in a really, really fun environment. After that business, I really niched into the handbag business and wanting to create something that was obviously a very upmarket and, you know, Italian made, so artisan product. And so that's where my um, specific brand now
1: Alexandra De Curtis was born. And when you first started, you were kind of really early at adopting the e-commerce kind of business methodology. What were the struggles back then versus, you know, if somebody was launching an e-commerce business now?
2: Wow, (laughs) it's a whole other world now. I set up my first e-commerce in 2003, where there pretty much weren't many e-commerce businesses, especially in the fashion world. And so it was really, really something new And the first website took me months and months to create. I had no control over it. Any change that I needed to make, you know, I had to make a phone call. It might take a week for them to make the change. And so it was very limited, I would say. And then obviously people really weren't buying as much online Uh, today. I mean, setting up a business today is a lot easier, which is great. You have so many more um, tools to help you set up a business and set up a website and you can literally do everything yourself. So with my current website, I manage the entire thing myself, I have complete ownership of it. And it's just, you know, you just, you feel like so much better about that, because you have uh, complete control over it. And obviously, the increase of, of online shopping has, has, I don't know, quadrupled, if not more. And
1: with regards to social media, I mean, I guess when you started social media just really wasn't a thing. So it wasn't kind of the world of influencers and personal brands. And, as you say, kind of Instagram shopping and that sort of thing. How do you think those kind of platforms and the rise of personal brand and influencers have have shifted your business? In the
2: very beginning, it was really easy to have a footprint online. I remember setting up Facebook, I can't even remember what year it was, but probably around 2010 or 2011. You know, it was really easy to get followers for, you know, creating a community. Now it's a lot tougher, but you also have a lot more choice. And so I really, really believe that you need to figure out for your business, which social media works best for you and the product that you're selling. And so in a way, we now have so much more choice that you really, really can find something that will work for you. And it might not be all of them. It might only be one or two. But I think that, you know, sticking to one of them that works for you is, is really a great idea.
1: And what would you say is your business superpower? What is it that you do that nobody else does? I guess that with every business I started,
2: I always was looking for a problem to solve. So the business idea was born from a problem and I enjoy you know, problem solving and I love tricky situations and trying to figure out how to do things in an innovative, innovative way. So I guess for me, <laughs> it's having that big picture view and being able to to see, you know, what is, the, what is the path to get there
1: and just get to it. And how do you think your background in marketing and advertising has impacted your kind of entrepreneur skills? I
2: think it was really useful to have a background in marketing and communication. I find that any business today, because of, you know, the online marketplace, everybody is required now to kind of have a marketing degree. Because, you know, you're not only working on your business, your service, your product, you now have to market it and you have so many ways to market it. And, you know, having had that experience in the first place has really given me a solid foundation. Amazing.
1: And you're not just this amazingly successful entrepreneur, of course, that's a part of you. But you're also, you know, a family person, you're a mum. And how do you find the balance between being a female boss, but ultimately still being, you know, a mom?
2: Uh, <laughs> that's very tricky in the sense that you can't really split the two. It's they're always happening at the same time. You know, my children are at school age, so they're still at home. I still have to, you know, take them to school, pick them up. So I do have a few hours in the day that I am able to dedicate completely to the business. But I do run the business at the same as I, at time as I run my family and, you know, it's been tricky at times. It's, you know, you really have to keep your, your, your priorities straight. And I try to do everything, but not at the same time. And I think for my daughters, they are seeing me, you know, working and looking after them at the same time. And hopefully it's giving them, you know, a, a future vision of what they might be able to do one day
1: So if you were speaking to a different, you know, a a female, you know, upcoming entrepreneur who's also running a family and a household, what would you say in terms of advice to them with regards to setting up their business?
2: I guess I would say that you need to be determined, you need to have resilience, and you need to be prepared that if you don't give it your all, you know, the likelihood of success is pretty slim. However, the good news is that whether you're successful or not depends entirely on you and your mindset. And so for me, it really helps to have a clear schedule of what I'm going to do in the time that I have to work. I have a lot less time than I used to have when I was working in an office and didn't have a family to look after. So that has been my biggest um, challenge and also my biggest achievement. You know, life has thrown many curveballs at me I guess, you know, that's part of the adventure. It's, you know, you don't give up at the first hurdle. You don't give up at the second. You don't give up at the third. You just keep going. And trust me, I've thought about quitting, you know, at least once a day, I think about it. But at the end of the day, you just have to keep believing in yourself and and keep going. And another advice actually is stick to your lane. Keep blinders on if you can. Don't look at what, you know, your competitors are doing all the time. It's healthy to do it, you know, every so often, but if you stick to your lane, it means you stop doubting yourself. You know, that was the biggest thing for me is if I concentrate on what other people are doing, what other brands are doing, then I, I start doubting myself. I, you know,
1: I, yeah. I lose my self-confidence. And so definitely, definitely do that. And do you find as a female business owner, it's harder to be taken seriously in the world of business than what you've seen of kind of male business owners.
2: Yes, definitely. For example, you know, my businesses, I have self-financed them from the very beginning. So I started with very little money and basically built up on that. At one point, I was toying with the idea of getting some, you know, some capital investment. And I tried to approach a few few angel investors. And (laughs) not only being a woman, but being in fashion, It was just like, you know, oh, but, you know, that's just a hobby and it's fashion and it's for fun. And, you know, I don't know if we could help you with that kind of thing. It just wasn't seen as a very serious business. So, yeah, it it wasn't a great experience. And
1: so, you know, maybe I'm not ready for that at the moment. and, And I've just kept going on by myself. And you spoke earlier about really building kind of a network of women who support each other. How important do you think that is as a female business owner to have that network around you that supports you? Really, really important. At the very
2: beginning of my, you know, entrepreneur career, I did not feel like I had any support besides the other women who were at my level and we were all starting out at the same time. So there we had a little bit of support for each other. But what I was really lacking was uh, a mentor, you know, somebody who could guide me through those, you know, early stages I do think that things are better nowadays. There are more support networks for women starting their own businesses. And so things are better now. But, you
1: know, that is something that
2: is super, super important, I think.
1: What would you say is your biggest success? What is it that you are most proud of?
2: As far as business goes, you know, I've had more than one business. Initially, I felt like if a business didn't succeed, it was a failure. It was a personal failure for me. Through the years, I've understood that failure is actually part of the business. It's part of, you know, your growth. And so I'm really proud of having gone on and not stopped and not, you know, lost faith in the failures with the successes. So, you know, for me, that is by far the most important thing as far as whether your business is successful or not. It is also about your parameters and what you say is your, you know, what is Your success worth to you.
1: And are there any mistakes that you've made that you are particularly pleased that you made, you know, the ones that if you didn't make, it would have had a completely different effect on your business, because now you've learned so much from them?
2: Yeah, I mean, I guess I would say, you know, seeing, seeing now what I did in the past, every little thing, every little mistake that I made has brought me to where I am today. So it's part of the journey. There's nothing that I would not do again because you know whatever I learned from that mistake has brought my, my business forward and has
1: made it a success now. With that said, what has been, I guess, the toughest challenge in particular or the lowest low that you've experienced? And how did you overcome that thing to stay motivated and keep going?
2: I mean, the lowest points were In 2008, when there was, you know, the economic crisis, obviously that completely shut my business down and I thought, okay, that's it. I'm, you know, I'm not doing anything again, but I was able to get up and I, you know, I'm, I'm one of these people who has a hundred million ideas all at once and it didn't last very long. (laughs) And I just, you know, came up with a new idea and, and look at the market and thought, you know, you know, what, what do we need now and what can I
1: do? And so in that way, I never really stopped moving. And if you had one piece of advice to give to somebody starting a business or somebody that's kind of, I guess, at that roadblock where they're trying to figure out a new direction, what would that piece of advice be?
2: At this moment, I would say that, you know, there is no rush in finding what your next project is. I think that the world is, you know, we're in a situation where we don't really know what's coming. And so if it takes you a bit longer to figure out your next project, you know, I think that's the right thing to do. If you're like me and, you know, you have a lot of ideas and you're always looking out for, for next steps, then, you know, it will happen. And, you know, just, just pick up again the same way you picked up the first time, because as I said, determination and resilience for me are my number one, you know, strengths that you need to have.
1: And speaking of what's next, what is next for Alexandra de Curtis?
2: I guess, you know, going back on what we were saying before is, you know, I, I have learned so much through, throughout my entrepreneurship. And I would love now to mentor young entrepreneurs and share my experience with them. You know, people who are just starting out. As I said, I really missed out on not having a mentor. So I would really like to be a mentor for someone else. In fact, you know, during this period, even I have thought about, you know, what my next steps are and and I'm thinking of launching or I've launched something called the Brand Lab, and it's basically a consultancy um, to help entrepreneurs get started with their business. So I basically help them from, you know, the business and marketing strategy, the brand design, uh, the social media strategy, email marketing, you know, anything that really you need at the very beginning stages of the business. And then another project that I've actually started at the same time is, you know, supporting young women. So I'm working on a community for teen girls. It's something that came to me talking to my 13-year-old daughter because I noticed um, that a lot of her friends and, you know, the young girls seem to lose their confidence once they hit puberty. And so the aim of this community would be to help them build their confidence and nurture their superpowers and ensure that they have great, you know, female role models, a great sisterhood that can support them through life
1: incredible and honestly i think this conversation has been so inspiring for as you say young entrepreneurs and also just for people who are kind of hitting that roadblock at the moment and trying to figure out what's next so thank you so much alexandra for coming on beyond the balance sheet it has been an absolute pleasure speaking to you
2: thank you thank you very much for having me
1: Well, I know I'm inspired and I hope our listeners are too. I think the best taking from that is just because you set up a business that fits well in the market at the time, it doesn't mean that you can't be agile and adapt to the market needs. It's so crucial that you don't let knockbacks stop you from following your dreams and achieving your success. If you like this episode, go have a listen to the rest of the series. We are Ruffingers and you can find us on Instagram, Twitter and LinkedIn at Ruffingers. Alternatively, you can check out our website, www.raffringers.co.uk. I've been your host, Ashley Bloom, and this has been Beyond the Balance Sheet.